Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Football today. We are set for a huge slate of action, week number eight, right here on College Football Today. Joe Lisi, Ritz Sermonello, Gabe Morenci, and special guest, former New York Giant and Cincinnati Bearcat, Sam Gaughan's going to be with us and with you for the next three hours, breaking down all the top 25 games, best bets on the action. Uh, we're set for a 12 o'clock slate, guys. Michigan, Michigan State, Rich, doesn't get better than this. And the pressure on Jim Harbaugh to step up and win this ballgame. Well, he took a little pressure off last week, didn't he, by blowing Slightly. out Wisconsin? A little bit of pressure. But now he's got to beat Mark D'Antonio, which he hasn't done much. I mean, D'Antonio has had Michigan's number. Sorry to, uh, to Gabe, <laughs> our, our resident Wolverine fan. But Michigan State coming off a huge victory as well as Michigan. They beat Penn State in Happy Valley, one of the more schizophrenic teams in college football. But this is what makes college football so special. These rivalry games, it's going to be rainy and windy in East Lansing. And, you know, listen, if you want to double down on that Wisconsin win, if you're truly a Big Ten contender, go out and finally beat Michigan State. Yeah, Gabe, I mean, 320 rushing yards last week against a team in Wisconsin that entered that ball game only holding opposing offenses to 130 rushing yards on the ground. Evans and Higdon stepped up, but more importantly, Shea Patterson looked very comfortable in the scheme. Now they open up as six-and-a-half-point favorites. They bet it up to about seven-and-a-half. I'm all over the Wolverines uh, today, but, I mean, Vegas seems to think so as well. You like to be a contrarian, and, you know, Michigan, that was probably the best game that Michigan played uh, last week uh, since they beat up on Florida in the opener, I believe it was last season. Listen, this is what they brought Harbaugh to Michigan uh, to do, to win football games uh, like this, to win football games like next week against Penn State. Uh, Michigan were left for dead after week one and that loss up there at South Bend, but it's looking better and better, isn't it, uh, right now with Notre Dame uh, still undefeated. It's hard for us to buck the numbers here, and it's amazing. You know, we talk about it all the time. People always remember what they saw last. People like to bash Harbaugh, and now the Harbaugh bandwagon is starting to uh, to fill up a little bit. The betters do like Michigan here. It's up to seven and a half, and evidently the betters uh, aren't as old as uh, we are, guys, because I go way back, and I remember, and as Rich stated, it wouldn't be Michigan and Michigan State if it wasn't dreary, if it wasn't raining, if it wasn't dark and gray, and those psychopaths in East Lansing are burning couches and hating on Michigan. Uh, it's going to be a tough game. You can't overlook the fact. Listen, Sparty are eight and eight and two uh, last ten matchups straight up. Ten and zero against the spread. As much as I hate Sparty, and we're throwing out any neutral type crap today because I hate you. But as much as I hate you, you guys own us. And I tell you what, Michigan to be in a dogfight just to win this game. I can't lay the points. Really. Wow. I can't either. Uh, I can't either. Wow. Yeah, not I'm only that, a seven and a half. Not yeah. just the rivalry, home yeah, dog like Michigan State, but but also Michigan's not a yeah, very good road they're team. They're a terrible road team. And the road Northwestern times, the Notre Dame game. Yes, and, and Northwestern. Okay, so that will throw out the window. First game of the year, they played better sure. in the second half. Northwestern, yep. which they struggled to come back. That's what I think about. I don't think so much about the Wisconsin game. I think about Northwestern, where they had they they came back, they rallied. So good for Michigan. But that's an average Northwestern team. And let's be real, too. Not the same team on the, the road. All the talk, oh, Michigan finally beats a top 15 team. The last time, Sam, that they beat a top 15 team was Wisconsin. And no offense to Wisconsin, but Wisconsin's not, you know, you know, it's not a real power test, yes. actually. It's not a real feather in the Especially cap Especially not this year. That's a better, you better win. You were 10-point favorites. Yeah. It's a great 10 point. point favorites in a football game. Yeah. Now there's seven and a half on the road, man. Very hostile. Yeah. I'm- Michigan State. Rich, and you guys, you're Joe, you guys talk about the rivalry games. There's always going to be a team that players hate. It's like someone, it's almost like love. Whoever you love doesn't love you back. Right. They love someone else. So Michigan State, they've got that hatred for Michigan. 
Michigan's got their eye on Ohio State all the time. So I find that Michigan have a hard time matching that intensity. D'Antonio feast on this. This is what he makes money on doing, beating Michigan. I love the fact that the Michigan fan is on Michigan State today. I, I love – I think Michigan wins this ballgame by 14 points or more. I think they're able yeah, to run the football. Of course, you're Joey Double D. I'm Double D. <laughs> Joey, Joey Double, double D. Double digits. You laughed at me against Auburn and Mississippi State. They came through. I was wrong on LSU last week, but I'll tell you this. I really feel that Michigan's the team that's trending in the right direction. Sam, I wanted to ask you in terms of rivalry games, what it means from a player's perspective. And more importantly, when you look at the attrition, Michigan, to me, seems like they're getting stronger right. as the season right. progresses right here. You know, when you're in a, on a college team and you're involved with a rivalry week, there's a lot that goes on in that week. you got a lot of players that come back that played in the past, a lot of alumni. They tell you how much this game means to them and how, how much it meant to them. And sometimes you go into the game, your focus is on other things than you going out there and playing. So going out there and getting this victory is more than just for yourself and for your team. It's for people that come along for a So ride. it's the outside pressure. It's the outside pressure that Because I wonder about that, that when you. I think about rivalries. Because some of these kids, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan, they played together at high no school. Doubt. So it might be bigger to grown men and right. fans and boosters, but you feel that pressure trickle down, don't you? Yeah, on a much smaller scale, when I was in Cincinnati, we were, we our rivalry was Miami, Ohio. And they mm. said that's the oldest rivalry. Oh, that's, that's some nasty on stuff. That side that's of, old school. That's some old years. school programs. And you know, you, by the time the game goes, I mean, starts, you jump, you're hype. You cannot wait to go out there and, and make plays and you're fired up, but you're not focused the way you need to be until like the second quarter. It takes a little bit of time for yourself, for you to calm down. down a little exactly, bit. for you to yeah. settle down and go out there and play your brand of football. Yeah, and I think when you break this game down, the team that obviously breaks tendencies is going to win the ball game. Now, there is bad weather in, in, in East Lansing for this matchup. This was a game last year, it rained. Michigan did uh, commit five turnovers. They lost the, the ball game 14 to 10. Here's what I look at when I break this game down, Rich. Uh, Michigan State's won four of the last five by 15 points per game. But I look at Michigan's offense entering this battle. They're rushing for around 217 yards on the ground. On the road, it's only 119. They only rushed for around 100 against Northwestern. Against Notre Dame, it was like 93. So they much better at home than they are on the road. But third down conversions, to me, are going to make or break this, this game. Michigan converting 48% of their third down opportunities. And you look at Michigan State as a whole, they're ranked 106th in the nation, converting only 35%, not the same rushing offense that we saw last year with L.J. Scott. I, I think it's a fair point, and I'm glad you brought up third down conversions because this is one of those games where – you know, Michigan wants to run Karan Higdon and right. has. I mean, Higdon uh, very quietly has gone for more than 100 yards in each of the last five games. Not going to happen against the nation's number one rush defense. Mm. And, and as much as I like Shea Patterson and he has gradually developed, he has developed because he's had that complimentary player in the Great backfield. Point. And, and I, I think if, if Higdon is bottled up and he has one of those 23 carries, 59-yard type right. games – I don't know if Shea Patterson, especially if it is bad weather, is going to be able to dictate that offense to break tendency to make plays downfield. Now, I will say Michigan State's offense has been terrible this year. Brian Lewerke has not developed the way I expected. LJ Scott has been below today, average. Say it again. Points are going to be at a premium today. Yeah, without important points, though, I don't know if Michigan's going to be able to run the ball as effectively as they did last year. Right, right. It's different on the road. It's, it, it just is. Rich brings up great points. Number one rushing defense in college football, 62 rushing yards per game. Last, year, last week, it was 33 rushing yards per game. But Penn State pounded the rock. For 205 yards on the ground. Wasn't last a week. lot of that one play for Sanders? Sanders had that beautiful run. If you remember that, that, that run in the great, open field was like spectacular. That. I mean, yeah. that kid's going to play in the NFL. I think a lot of that came on the one run. I'm not going to take anything away from Sanders or Penn right. State, but Penn State scored, what, 26 points yeah. last week? So yeah, their that offense was, was 2.0. Right? Yeah, yeah, oh, my hell God. Of a run. Yeah. Yeah, that's I was what. In the sports book, actually, and that's all I heard. Hey, Saquon right. Barkley. They're yeah. Saquon Barkley after that. I think, though, guys. I think we throw all the stats out. Yes, agree. That's what my next point was. Stats yeah. can be deceiving because the teams they played this year weren't the best teams. And the teams they, that played were pretty decent, they struggled against. So you never know what's going to happen this yeah, week yep. versus Michigan State. And I think Michigan, I mean, from a fear perspective, they understand they need this game. I mean, there's a lot of pressure. They dominated Wisconsin. They, but they know that it was at home. It's a lot better to win at home than it is on I the think road. Joe, and, I think and the pressure's on Harbaugh more than the kids. I think the kids are just having fun. Playing football. I think Harbaugh feels that pressure more than the kids That's do. That's a great point you make, but as a player, you feel when your coach feels pressure – you feel as a player, mm. and that will show up on the game if, if that's the case. Now, good teams win on the road. We we're that's the in truth. agreement in college, in yep. high school, right. in the NFL. And good Michigan teams. hasn't won on the road over the years. 
But I think you look, let's let's look at it in recent years. Yes, it's a year by year perspective. I agree. But that Notre Dame game, they they were out early. They battled back. Northwestern, they were down by double digits and won, found a way to win that ball game. Let's keep in mind as well. And, and that I, might be the case today. But but here, if we're talking about it from a Vegas perspective, right. I agree with you. I I think Michigan clearly the better team clearly right. can win. But they're extenuating circumstances on the road. The rivalry factor. I think. I think Michigan State is in Michigan's head yeah, what happens? with their success over the past decade. Right. So maybe Michigan rallies, maybe Michigan pulls it out, but in seven-plus yeah. on the road, to me, that's yeah. a tough lay. Yeah, we'll see. I, I think if you get into a tight game, I think that favors Michigan State. That's, that's it does, it does, because playing at home with the, with the crowd and the pressure yes. on Harborough, that's going to be a lot. And I know. I'm worried I, about this No, game. I'm yeah. perfect. It's yeah. great. I, I'm worried it's about this great. game. As a You're Michigan worried. fan, I'm, I'm worried. See, I'm I think, that, I think that speaks volumes. Yeah, I think Michigan jumps up early. I, I really do. I think that's if they can jump up early and put the pressure on Brian Lewerke, and, and granted, now, Michigan State only averaging 123 rushing yards per game. They only had 96 against Northwestern. They only had 123 against Penn State. Penn State was giving up 155 rushing yards to opposing offenses entering that matchup. So not the same defensive front like Rashawn Gary, like Chase Winovich. They're only giving up. 108 rushing yards per game and more Oh, no dispute there. That defense right. is, is airtight. And 129 passing yards per game. So that's going to be, if you could force Brian Lewerke, Sam, into long third down situations, they become one-dimensional, and that's the matchup that I'm looking to play Not a out. question, because Michigan has shut down corners, and they have a good D-line. They have a, they have a good team, good defensive yeah. team. And you get that quarterback in a situation where he needs to throw the ball, and Michigan knows he needs to throw the ball, they're in trouble. I don't want to be cliche here, but... It's going to come down to a play, and we've seen this rivalry over the years, very similar to Alabama and Auburn, sort of one play, you know, right. the the kick six, um, you know, the the muff uh-huh. punt years ago. Yes, I'm going back many many years, and I know you guys are encyclopedias for this stuff. I swear to God, I was in Vegas. I must have been like 19 years old. I don't even know if I was legally allowed You're to be You're always in, the book. in Vegas. Yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> I liked it so much, I ended up moving there. Um, <laughs> uh, but I don't know if you guys remember, Desmond Howard got interfered with in the end zone. 91. Yes. At, it was 91 in East Lansing on a rainy day. Exact same scenario. One of the most blatant pass interference calls ever. It was like almost my my introduction into uh, getting screwed over by porous and corrupt referees. <laughs> and you still haven't learned. <laughs> I still haven't forgotten. Yeah. Why do you think I'm bald? You just got a full head of hair. Up so I want to get this straight. I'm picking Michigan. I, I think they win 28-14 in okay. that area. 42 points. I think they dominate. I think it could be a seven-point game. They pull away with a late fourth-quarter touchdown. They win by 14. That scenario would not stun me. That's why okay. it's not a best bet for me. But I, I think Gabe gave the, the tagline for this game. I really do. I think he summed it up well. I think it comes down to one play. And you in a game that I think comes low down to scoring? Not always low Maybe scoring. Maybe a sack, a fumble, yeah, a rookie fumble yes. on a sack. There's going to be a fumble, a play. Uh, that's There'll the tagline for this game. And, that, I think and it's here's a, play. a statistic, and, and to get Sam's perspective from turnover margin, because the team that wins the turnover battle ultimately will win this ballgame. Michigan exactly. State has not lost the turnover battle to Michigan since 2011. Wow. They've been either even or positive in every ball game. It's almost what Sam's talking about, yeah. that pressure that you feel, the tightness, right? Now, no question. Okay. Yeah, no, now, now here's the thing now to Sam. I mean, Michigan State not forcing turnovers. They're even in turnover margin heading into this matchup. Michigan plus three. Which team, I mean, if a team is used to forcing turnovers, ultimately that's where you want to see. Sometimes you psych yourself out. You go into a game like that and you're thinking, this team has not been turning the ball, I mean, have not been getting turnovers, and we know in the past that's been our kryptonite. But then you go into a game like this, you start wondering, like, what if they do get force us to get turnovers? You start thinking, like, reverse psychology on itself. And you say, what if they start getting turnovers? And you see the first quarter that our offense turned the ball over, that makes you start nervous. You start being nervous, and then now you start playing outside yourself. I see you over there, and, and, and I'm shocked. I don't want to be negative back, man, but... You're back in the Sparty in this, in this type of atmosphere. <laughs> I'm you're a realist. You're a Michigan. Look, you're a realist. So, you know, like last night, I'm, a, I'm also a diehard L.A. Dodger fan. Right. And I knew the Brewers were going to win last night, but I just couldn't bet on them. Couldn't bet on them. But what happened, the Brewers ended up winning. Now, Pete Rose, they used to bet all the time. He never bet against the Reds. But people knew, his bookies knew the Reds weren't going to win when Pete didn't bet on them. Mm. So that's where we're going with this one. That was his tell. Yeah, that was his tell. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was when Bill Gullickson was on the hill, too. Ooh. He's single. Former Expo uh, pitcher, right? So they used to know, like, Pete Rose never bet against his own team, but they're like, he's not taking him Mm. today. 
which means he's not really means he doesn't really think they're going to win because he's so competitive. Right. I like that. he would go all in. So I'm Pete Rose today, in which you're back. I, I honestly do. I believe that Michigan are going to find a way to win this football game. Uh, but from a betting standpoint, and that's why I'm sitting here to give you guys betting advice. It would be foolhardy to lay seven and a half points on the road in a rivalry game against a team that is 10 and 0 against the spread against the other team. I'm this nuts. isn't rocket science. I'm at, we I'm can at, break down every stat we want. Right. It's as simple as that. Right. I, I'm out of my mind because I, I love Michigan today. We'll, we'll see how it Maybe plays not. out. Maybe not. I mean, three, what, no, longer than well, three let, hours, let six me, hours from now. Just, I, just quickly. You might be uh, proven right. If they dominate the way they did in Wisconsin, are we considering this team? I mean, they're on the outside a at playoff five. contender? Not, yeah, of I course. Mean, well, they're already I mean, there, They're sitting in a six spot right now. I know they They control their own destiny. And Ohio State is vulnerable. Yes. Keep that in mind. Ohio State is vulnerable well, on the defensive side of the ball. This is yep. the best team in the Big Michigan Ten. Michigan can't dominate lose, Michigan State today. I'm not ready to say that until Harbaugh could beat so, Ohio State. Okay, so we'll every, see. Every week will be a test. They get through this. Next week, uh, Penn State's going to be a test. Well, I think them. Penn State's in an area. They play Iowa next week. They play Indiana this week. They're, they really have nothing to play for at this point in the season. I mean, we'll see. Again, this is a team in James Franklin that's going in the opposite direction. If they lose, Are you a Franklin basher, too? People no, I really like don't like Franklin. I, I, I like. I don't Franklin. know why. It's, I mean, I've been I in like his company him. before. He's a very cordial guy. guy. I but think I, he's done a great job. I, just, I, I, I think, think there's something beneath the surface as to why people don't like him. Yeah. Other coaches seem to be yes. jealous or I think they envious. feel he's a little bit sneaky and underhanded. Mm. He's a, he's a that's, great that's, recruiter, though. He's a fantastic recruiter. Listen, what, what he did at Vanderbilt, to me, uh, says all you need to know about his coaching exactly. skills. Exactly. It was a Christian Hackenberg situation, oh, yeah. right? Going back years ago, some people sort of thought that he ruined Hackenberg. Right. And then there was the, well, he's not a great coach. He has Saquon Barkley. Well, he recruited Saquon Barkley. He got Saquon Barkley. Developed him. We'll pick that up when we come back. We'll be joined by Jamie Heath from Sports Brokers. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Ritzer, Manello, Gabe Morenci, and Sam Gardens live from Studio 34. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back on college football today, Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, Gabe Morenci, and Sam Garns going to be with you for the next two and a half hours. Last week, Jamie Heath came on. He was on fire with his picks. He joins us today from the Sports Brokers Vice President, Jamie Heath. Jamie, how are you today? I'm great, Joe. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing fantastic, Jamie. Rivalry weekend doesn't get better than this. Tell fans what you have in store for them this coming Saturday. Well, let me say this. Uh, last Saturday, we had two dogs. I said they would win outright. One of them happened to win outright. The other one didn't, unfortunately. But, hey, we did, we did cover with both. Again, today, I'm doing the same exact thing we did last week. We got two big dogs today. They're big dogs today. They're actually double-digit dogs that we love today. I'm not going to go on record saying they're going to win, but we love them to cover and give, and give everything they can to, the, to these big favorites today. So, yes, we want you all to call that number, 1-800-220-6262, or visit our website, thesportsbrokers.com. Join the website. We turn outcomes into incomes. We're really excited about today as well. Oh, uh, you got to love when the dogs are rah, rah, barking on they're, Saturday they're afternoon. Barking. They're going to be barking today. Wow. It's a kennel. Yeah. It's a kennel. Yes. It's a the kennel. Pit bulls, pit bulls are running the streets. Wow. Got They're running the streets, and the poodles are running scared. We'll see. I'm on a lot of dogs today as well, but uh, n- not one in the big one, and we'll get to that a little bit later, Jamie. But tell fans some of, some of the games that you're looking at today. Oh, I like that. There we go. There we go. I, They're in the Jamie, house. Jamie's like running down the street. It sounds like he's being chased right now. <laughs> Yeah, well, there there are there are some dogs I'm definitely taking a, a close look at today for sure. Well, let's go. Let, we can dive into one of the games right now. Uh, as far as uh, one of the games we'd like to talk about, that's the NC State Clemson matchup today. That's played in Death Valley. We're talking about two teams 
One in uh, Clemson, who's obviously proven, t- uh, tested. They've they've gone to the playoffs. I think the last three years they they won a national championship. Davo Sweeney is a fan- fantastic coach. He's uh, got a great quarterback right now in Trevor Lawrence. They're 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 playing great right now. They they, they came off a humongous win off of uh, Wake Forest a couple weeks back. They're off a bye, but uh, I'm looking at a team that no one seems to talk about, and that's the NC State Wolfpack. This team's undefeated as well that no one seems to really give any credit to. They have a quarterback, Ryan Finley, who's probably the best quarterback in the ACC. He might be a, lo- a lottery pick, not a lottery pick, but he might be a, a top 10 pick come next year. I think he's a great quarterback. And this is one team that's actually given Clemson fits over the last three years. Uh, last year, they, uh, they beat him, I, I think the score was by 7. Tw- uh, I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm pretty sure the score was by 7. They lost. Uh, and two years back, they went into Clemson. And they lost 24-17 in overtime. And if they had a field goal kicker, they would have won that game. So this spread 17 and a half. I think it's way too many points. I, I'm, I'm all over NC State in this game. I think they're going to go toe-to-toe with Clemson. Uh, Syracuse, not too long ago, played Clemson. And that game went right down to the wire. Actually, Syracuse had them beat. And Trevor Lawrence got hurt in that game. And a backup quarterback came in to, to rescue Clemson from losing that game. I think more of the same in this game. I see, I see NC State... Not maybe winning the game, but really giving Clemson all they can handle. In this Couldn't game. agree with you more, Jamie. I, I weigh too many points. I mean, sometimes Vegas knows what we don't, but this is a classic case of a team that has played with Clemson. They they know Clemson's tendencies. That Clemson defense on the back seven is okay. Ryan Finley, I agree with you. That's a first-round quarterback. He'll be playing in the NFL next year, so Might I agree. Might be the first quarterback taken. Might be the first. Nope. I mean, this kid nope. throws a very yeah, clean pass and has an outstanding receiving core. Let's keep it on the dog theme. Uh, around the room here, we have uh, we have differing opinions on Michigan, Michigan State. Joe likes Michigan. Mm-hmm. Gabe and I like Michigan State getting the points. What say you? You know something, uh, Rich? I've been I've – been on the fence on this game all week long. At first, when this game came out, I'm like, you know what? Michigan's going to probably annihilate them. And then the more and more I've dived into this game, I just have to be on Michigan State in this game, even though Michigan, I feel, is the more talented team. I've gone back and look at the the records with these two teams. Obviously, these two teams hate each other more than, than anything. Uh, a major, major rivalry in East Lansing. Last year, they played a smash-mouth game. Uh... Michigan State did win the game 14-10. to 10. They've actually beaten Michigan four out, of the, four out of the last five games, including an epic game uh, back in 15 in Michigan in Ann Arbor when the uh, punter dropped the ball. Everyone, I'm sure, remembers that game, and Michigan State won that game, and, and I was very fortunate in that game. I actually had Michigan State in that game, so I was lucky. But even two years ago, when Michigan State was down, they were a 3-9 club. They were horrible, and Michigan at the time was, was second-ranked in the country. They only lost the game by nine. 32-23, they were a 25-point dog. So that leads me to believe that even though Michigan, I believe, is the more talented team, that Michigan State's the play here, getting the 7.5. Let's put it this way. Michigan loves to run the football, so does Michigan State. Michigan State's obviously been really bad running the football. L.J. Scott's been banged up. He's missed the last three games. But Michigan also likes to run the ball with Higdon. Shea Patterson, yes, he had an 81-yard run last week. But he really hasn't, other than the Maryland game, he really hasn't done much as far as passing, look at Michigan. They're two road games. They lost at Notre Dame, and their other road game in Northwestern, they escaped with their lives in that game. They were losing 14-3. to They ended up winning the game 20-17. to So I'm on Michigan State in this game. Joe, I know you're – I heard you that you love Michigan. I'm on Michigan State in this game plus the 7.5. I think it's going to be an ugly, low-scoring game similar to last year, uh, maybe like a 17-14, 17-13 type score. But give me the points in this game, and I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan State actually pulls the upset. Yeah, we'll see how that game plays out. Uh, I'm definitely in the uh, minority uh, with that matchup. Uh, we'll see uh, at about 12 o'clock. The good news is, Jamie, Gabe didn't wear the uh, Wolverine shirt today, the jersey. So, Well, you think you uh, convinced the Wolverine jersey is like a curse? No, well, you wore it week one against Notre Dame. So as long as you didn't wear it, I think we got a shot today. I was also wearing it tonight. Michigan beat Houston in, in the NCAA tournament. Well, I didn't, I didn't know that. In a miracle comeback. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, sure miracle not comeback win. I'm sure Joe's not wearing green today, though. That I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure uh, I should say Gabe's not wearing green. No, no. no well, we'll I hope see. to win some green, though. 
Yeah, there's yeah, another. There you go. There's another. Uh, there's another uh, marquee battle in Pullman later today. It's Oregon and Washington. It's an interesting state. One, I mean, it? it's a state of emergency, Jamie, in Pullman, Washington, because College Game Day is there for the first time yeah. ever. There will be a hundred thousand fans not watching the game, watching the pregame show prior to the game in Pullman. How do you see this game playing out? This is going to be a classic game. It's a night game, 7.30. Like you just said, the fans there are crazy. They're, they're nuts. First time they've ever been in Pullman to do a game day. They've been there since uh, probably, I don't know, 4 in the morning there, 3 in the morning. Uh, it's going to be a hell of an atmosphere. Let's put it that way. There's no doubt about it. But let's, let's, let's go into this game more so uh, and talk about this game. You got Oregon who finally – Got off the schneid last week as far as beating a big team. They finally did that in beating Washington. We were all over Oregon last week. And, yes, they could have easily lost the game, got lucky with a missed field goal, and then won the game in, in, in overtime in a classic game. It was a great, great football game. Looking at Oregon this, this, uh, this season, I think this team's a very, very well-balanced team. They got a great offensive line. I like Crystal Ball actually as a coach. I love their quarterback. We were talking about Ryan Finley. Here's the other quarterback that's going to be drafted, probably maybe number one or number two quarterback drafted in Herbert, Justin Herbert. I love their receivers. Uh, going to talking about Washington State, Minshaw has been lighting it up. But this team's been one-dimensional. He's averaged, I know, over 400 yards passing. The, uh, but they've only run, run the football only about, you know, 71 yards a game they've averaged. And I've looked at Washington State's schedule. I'm not impressed with Washington State's schedule at all this year. I know they did beat Utah at home in an up-and-down thriller. But other than that, they beat a really bad Wyoming game, which they struggled in the first half against them. And quite honestly, I think Oregon here is the more tested, battle-tested team this year. They're getting three. They have double revenge. They've lost uh, – actually, they've lost three straight years to this team. Herbert wasn't with them last year when they lost to him 33-10 to 10 at home. I'm leaning towards the dog because I'm all about dogs. Let's go with the Oregon Ducks here getting the three, and I really think this is going to be a shootout, by the way, guys. Go over the 69 as well. Yeah, you know what? This game, this game is one of those um, games that worries me, and I find it intriguing. Everybody is betting the spot. You know, basically, while Oregon went to overtime last week, it was a physical football game. There's going to be a letdown. Jamie just mentioned it. They've lost three straight times to these guys. I look at the Ducks and the Wolverines in a similar situation. You know, the Ducks won yesterday, uh, last week, but let's not get carried away. Are they really back? Are they national championship? Are they playoff contenders? You know, they go on the road. They win a game like this, very similar to Michigan. They start to get taken a lot more seriously. We talked about the auditions last week that the quarterbacks uh, were going through. And we talked about uh, Justin Herbert facing an elite Washington defense. He passed that test. He passed that test with the NFL scouts. We talked about Finley, but I think Herbert might be the number one quarterback taken. He goes on the road in this spot and wins in a hostile environment. His stock continues to climb uh, as well. Merrill Cristobal's doing a great job. The spot favors... Washington State, but I do believe the Ducks are a better football team. Wow, that's that, yeah, well, know, it, I, it, I'm it, really confused. I, I want to see how it plays out, Jamie. I mean, because just from an atmosphere perspective, I mean, do you think that'll play out into this outcome at all? I think these kids are going to get spent early. I think, they, mm. like Jamie said, it, it, they've been it, drinking you know, since it, four it, in the morning. Gabe, they're going to be wasted and emotional and tapped out by the time the game comes. I'm with you, Gabe. I think they're going to be tapped out too. I mean, they've been partying pretty much since three in the morning, and the game's not till seven thirty tonight. And, uh, you know, quite honestly, this is a spot where I would normally, because I'm a contrarian player when it comes to these spots, I'm normally in a spot where I'm taking Washington State in this game. Like, that, but Exactly. I just look at it's that spot. I Ser feel you. It's a trap. Yeah, seriously. It's a trap. It, but the thing – it is, but the thing about it is I really think Oregon, they, they pretty much had Stanford dead to rights. They lost that game. And you could say, oh, no, here's another, here's another situation. Oregon's done. You know, they're going to lose to Washington but they beat Washington. And I think that that goes a long way to show where this program's, you know, coming. And I honestly think Washington State, this is obviously a huge, huge game for them. But if you talk about experience level, Minshaw against Herbert, Minshaw's never gone up, up in, a, in a spotlight with, in a game like this. I could see him possibly throwing a pick here or there to, to sway, the, sway the side. I just, I'm just with Oregon in this spot, even though, 
you know, my, my mindset is normally on a Washington State in this spot. I'm on Oregon, and I, I just, you know, I'm with Oregon, and I, I, and saw, I really like the over. I saw the guys in the studio shaking their head when I said the kids are going to be too wasted to tap out. Like, no, no, listen, guys, if there's one thing I'm an expert in more than you guys, it's alcohol, okay? <laughs> so Guilty you know, as charged. Yeah, so, like, unless, you know, I've been in a lot of parking lots, I've been in a lot of tailgates, and I've been in a lot of games. Trust me, there's going to be kids passed out all over Pullman tonight. Yeah, yeah, just as long as Minshew is not one of those kids passed out, I still like Washington State. I do like the over as well. And Minshew's doing a great uh, job here. How even are these teams, guys? The Ducks put up an exact 43 points uh, per game. They give up 24.8. Uh, Washington State uh, score 41.8 points per game. Uh, they give up 23.8. Incredibly evenly matched uh, teams. I'll be honest with you. I generally bet against Washington State in these big games, and uh, I generally win money betting against Washington State in these big games. Well, I, I would like to ask Sam and Jamie. Jamie, before I kick it over to Sam, though, I mean, from the ATS angle, I mean, Washington State undefeated at 6-0 and against the number this year. How much does that factor into your, into your handicapping? Uh, it, it factors into it. Not as much today in a case like this game because it's a huge game, obviously. But, you know, Washington State uh, preseason wasn't exactly ranked very high. As a matter of fact, I want to say they had them maybe uh, ninth or 10th in the, in, in the Pac-12. So uh, they've really uh, exceeded expectations thus far because they lost so many players back uh, last year. They lost their quarterbacks, and no one knew what Minshaw was all about. Mike Leach, hey, he's, say what you want. The guy's an excellent coach that no one talks about. He, he's, he's right up there with, with, with all the great coaches. Uh, whether, you know, what I, I know he's had some extreme tactics with some of his players over the seasons back when he was with uh, Texas Tech, but you got to say what you, you, what know, you mean, lo- what you locking kids in sheds, <laughs> allegedly. Exactly. I didn't want to say that, but you just did. But anyhow, yeah, so uh, he's, uh, he's, he's a really good coach, and that's probably why a lot of their spreads were off this year, but they're finally catching up with Washington State. But now I honestly think the odds makers are a little bit too generous with Washington State, giving them the nod as a three-point favorite. I honestly thought that Oregon would be the favorite in this game or, or a pick'em game. I never, never in my million years thought that Washington State would be a three-point favorite in this game. Okay, I got a question for you. So I know we talked about how those kids uh, on, co- on college campuses maybe tapped out by the time we get to this game. But do you take into account the psyche of the players that's coming in on the road, on the road to play a game of, of this magnitude with this atmosphere? Oh, absolutely you do. I mean, you know, but Oregon, again, they've got, tri- they've got triple revenge on their mind. They've lost to this team. They've got, they got humiliated by them last year. Right. They, they have something to prove still. Even though they beat Washington last week, hey, this is college football. It's a week-to-week basis. It's not, you know, you have to prove yourself pretty much every week going out there and they're, 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 they got to be pumped for this game, especially Herbert. He missed the game last year. He's got to be pumped for this game. I, I just, I think it's going to be an excellent game. I really do. But I, I don't think the Ducks think are intimidated either, guys, going in here because of the fact. No. I think they think we're the better program. It's almost like the the rich high school going right. going to you know the the lower facilities. Yeah, they've lost three times in a row. But I think the Ducks have to have an aura and confidence around them. They're starting to get back that swagger right now, Joe. The quack, uh, that quack attack's coming back. I quack know. I was, I was wrong, guys, on Washington in that ballgame. I'll say this. I think Chris Peterson aided that. He played for the field goal in that matchup. Should have been more aggressive, especially in overtime. You have first and goal on the six-yard line. Don't play for the field goal. Especially you, on the road. Exactly, exactly. So, But a credit Oregon. I mean, they rushed for 177 yards. On that Washington defense, that man. catch last week with the Ducks. Who was the kid the that kid made it? In the, before the half? That was a, a his turnaround. feet inbounds. That like was the feet some was magical, catch. and the hands. Yeah, that was, that the was hands. phenomenal. And the yeah. pass going in that you know he was uh, on the run, direction. putting it right yeah. where only he could get it because there was a defender. He had to put it on the outside, Sam. Right. He, perfect play on both counts. That was no big time NFL stuff. No question. You know that's the type of players you're looking for when you're going into the NFL. But I'm thinking about this game right here. Not only is the psychic on a team that's coming in on the road. But the home team sometimes get energized and their confidence build because the fans like oh, they see amazing. those duck that yellow and the duck jerseys come out. They're gonna be like, screw those guys. Oh, no. So it feels like not just eleven on eleven. It feels like one hundred thousand and eleven on eleven. Can you be, can you be overly geeked up for that? I mean, can, can you sometimes? You, you know? definitely can. But sometimes when you are the lesser talented team, sometimes it works to your advantage. Mm. When I think sometimes when you are 
more talented. You expect to go out there and win. You expect the crowd to help you. But sometimes when you're the less talented team, you use it the correct way, and it, and it works out sometimes. Jamie, before we let you go, I know that you have a, a, an underdog package. The dogs ruh, ruh, will be barking <laughs> later today. Tell fans where they can turn outcomes into incomes. Yes, Joe, absolutely. I love that before dog. Before you say that. Yeah, well, I'm all about the dogs. I've been all about the dogs two, maybe even three straight weeks. And, yes, Rich, Joe, and Gabe, you guys do an excellent job. Everyone that's listening out there, I want you to call that number, 1-800-220-6262. We got two dogs again. We've been on fire with these underdogs. Uh, Again, last week, we we had the Virginia Cavaliers. And we had the Ohio Bobcats that were winning the game 21-9. They ended up losing, but we did cover with them. So, yes, give us a call, 1-800-220-6262. Visit our website, thesportsbrokers.com. Join our website. We turn outcomes into incomes. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll be talking about Clemson NC State. Keep it where it is. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. College football today with a great slate of week number eight action. Josie Rissomano, Gabe Arensi, and former Cincinnati Bearcat and New York Giants Sam Garns breaking down all the top 25 actions. If you enjoy playing belly fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against, just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag. Enter promo code FNTSY upon sign-up and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. We talked about Clemson and NC State briefly with Jamie. He's all over the dogs, and I think the dogs could be barking in some of the other games later today. But when you look at this matchup, Rich, Clemson has owned the series over the last five meetings They've won five straight over North Carolina State by 16.4 points per game. They won this matchup 38-31 to last year. I think it comes down to the speed of Clemson on the perimeter that can attack NC State's defense that's given up 235 passing yards to opposing offenses. Well, I mean, listen, Clem, uh, NC State has a lot to prove. N- NC State has not faced anyone of substance. They had the big game against West Virginia canceled by weather, would have liked to have seen Ryan Finley and that rebuilt defense against the Mountaineers and Will Greer. We didn't get that opportunity, but, you know, we talked about it a little bit with Jamie. The Yeah, they've lost six straight, 13 of the last 14. So historically, NC State is not playing with Clemson, but the last two years they've lost by seven points apiece and they've gone toe-to-toe. I think they can again this year because Dave Doran, who I have knocked over the years, has actually done quite a good job in Raleigh. Ryan Finley might be the best quarterback in the country, and I love those wide receivers. Kelvin Harmon in particular, Jacoby Myers out of the slot. Offensive line has given up two sacks all season. So, I mean, this is going to be their toughest test. Clemson is everyone's toughest test because of that defensive line, Christian Wilkins and Dexter Lawrence and Cleveland Farrell. But two sacks all year, and that defense is gradually getting better. So I I like NC State to be in this game throughout. 17.5 feels like a lot of points. I'll take the points. Yeah, here's the thing, Gabe, too, that I look at when I break this game down. Brett Venables and Dabo Sweeney have done a fantastic job in terms of reloading each and every year. That's all they do. I mean, they're only allowing 152 passing yards per game and holding opposing offenses 
to 27% on third down conversions. And that's the matchup that you want to see play out against Ryan Finley because NC State leads FBS converting 60% of their third down attempts. If they can do that in Death Valley, they're a live dog later today. This is a classic example, and Sam brought this up earlier as far as we're at the time of the year right now. This is one of the reasons why underdogs cover so much now in the last couple of weeks is it's a step up in class. Right. And we're looking at NC State's record. It's not as if, though, it was a gauntlet of, of tough early season games when you look at the teams that they've beaten. Clemson's schedule, you know, they went to Texas A&M. Everyone keeps waiting for Clemson for that explosion game. You know, I'm not, you know, you beat up on Wake Forest. That's not that, that explosion game. I was impressed with that, uh, the big win on the road against Georgia Tech, uh, in which they got it going, and then they sort of reverted right back to, you know, struggling against against Syracuse. They made the quarterback change. Everyone talks about Trevor Lawrence like this kid's uh, Tom Brady or, or Joe Montana. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Seems to be a lot more hype than, on oh, Lawrence, he needed to make the change because the kid can throw the football, and then boom, he got hurt. So this is one of these deals where you have to respect the odds maker. And what the hell are the odds? Why are the odds makers dangling 17 and a half here? It's almost like they're begging us to take NC State, yeah. and they feel that Clemson's going to have one of those we're going to punch you in the mouth uh, type of games. I always think that Dabo Sweeney feels that they're established enough that if we don't lose, we're good, right? We don't lose, we're good. Right. But people are starting to look at Clemson right now and grade them lower. I mean, who's a better football team this year, Notre Dame or Clemson? Yeah. Clemson are sort of coasting on past year's laurels, it seems, this year. So they flex their muscle today. You know, I, I think Clemson play well, but i got to take the 17 and a half points. And I just want to note, it's been an under-series, uh, generally. And NC State have been on an under-tear right now. 14-3 and three to the under in the last 17 ACC conference games. Yeah, that, and they won 30, uh, Clemson won 38-31 last year in Raleigh. Sam, when you look at this matchup as a defensive back, I mean, when you can't generate a pass rush, what does that do as a defensive back having to cover for longer periods of time? Well, well it makes you change the way you play. Because if you don't well, – I know when I played coach for the Denver Broncos and we first got Vaughn Miller – they had guys running, like San Diego Chargers, for example, they had guys running around the field free, but the quarterback didn't have time to sit back in the pocket and, and let the ball go like he's supposed to. So we had extra confidence. Even though our guys were getting beat, we were celebrating like we was making plays, but we weren't really playing that well. That pass rush means everything. It goes hand-in-hand. Hand. There's no, there's not too many Deion Sanders out there that can cover that guy for seven to eight seconds. Most guys have a clock in their head, just like a quarterback have a clock in their head, where you're thinking you're going to be in coverage for about five to six seconds. Well, when you start thinking that you got to play for 10 seconds, you're not making a plays that you normally make. Yeah, we'll see how this game plays out, Rich. I mean, I'm, I pick Clemson here. I guess I think it'll be high scoring. I think the only way Clemson can win in terms of putting the pressure on NC State is start fast, get the crowd involved, use those wide receivers, Higgins, Ross, Renfro, get them involved, and then put the pressure on NC State to match them score for score. I see them winning this ballgame 48-24. I, I like Clemson. I think it could be close in the first half, but I think it is high scoring. I don't think they'll get to 48. I, I tend to agree with Gabe in this. It has been an under-series. I, I can see this game being a little more like the Syracuse game, 27-23, something in that neighborhood. 31 It's a fair number, guys, at 58. Yeah. It's right there. It can go either way. It really can. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think this is, an, this is, to me, like a lot of storylines, obviously. Big game in the ACC. ACC Atlantic, huge game. Winner, in all likelihood, wins the division. I really want to watch Ryan Finley in this test right. because yeah. this is an NFL audition. No you know, we, we talk a lot about Justin Herbert, Will Greer, Drew Locke. This is his audition. You go out and you play a big game against Clemson, it's going to help his stock immensely. Yeah, last year we were on NC State against Notre Dame, and they started fast. They got jumped up on the Irish, and then they lost that matchup 35-14. to 14. He did not play well in the second half of that ballgame. or no in that game? I it was remember. sort of cloudy, yeah. cold, crisp. But, again, this is – Make no mistake about it. This is, from a physicality perspective, still a legit defensive front, even though they haven't been dominating games the way they have in recent years. Well, I also want to watch that NC State offensive line yeah, because, right. again, everybody's talked about it. They haven't had a real test, but that offensive line, kids like Teron sure. Prescott, Garrett Bradbury in, at the pivot, right. those guys have blocked really, really well. Some of it against Boston College and Zach yes. Allen. So they've done a good job this year. Does it translate against Clemson? We'll see. Yeah, we'll see how that Some numbers for NC State, 7-2-1 and one against the spread uh, last 10 games uh, on the road. Uh, Dorn's done a nice job. Yeah, um, you know, he was he was a covering machine at Northern Illinois years ago. 
And it's sort of translated right. And there's a lot of these coaches. Everyone talks about Tom Herman. You get these name coaches. But there's other guys that cover numbers, too. Bronco Mendehal has been covering some numbers. But, you know, Matt Campbell is another guy as an underdog. And Dorn and NC State, when getting points, very dangerous. Yeah. And i got to take the points. I have to take the points. We're what? walking right into the it trap. It took him a while. It almost feels like, uh, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the show uh, Bait Car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where, they, you know, like the cops, they set up. They leave the car. Right, the right. keys are there. Right. It's like, ooh, we're getting 17 and a half. You know, I'm sitting behind the wheel, and then you turn it on, and it locks. <laughs> Damn, Clemson's rolling. <laughs> yeah, oh, I knew it. <laughs> well, you were on you were on uh, uh, Syracuse when Clemson yes, uh, struggled. Yes, I was. So that's yeah. when Kelly Bryant wasn't there, and Trevor Lawrence got knocked, got knocked out. out. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Anything could happen. That's why we love college football Saturdays. And even before mm-hmm. Lawrence got knocked out, Syracuse was in that game. Right. So yeah. I think it's going to be a different game because Syracuse plays an ugly brand of football. They run the ball. They old school, old fashioned. When they run the ball, chewing up the clock. So offense is on the sideline, getting eager to play. So I think this is going to be a high scoring game, and it, I think it's going to be anybody's game at the end of the game. And this is the game where if 42... it is, sorry, Joe, but if it is, like Sam just said, if it is a high scoring game, then seventeen and a half looks even better. Yeah. If teams are trading you would points, think. you would think. You would think. Uh, and and again, I love Harmon. I think he's an NFL prospect. Oh, I mean, I've talked catches... to scouts, Joe, that tell me that. People don't know yeah. Kelvin Harmon. Great they hands. will know him a year yeah. from now. He yeah. has enormous mitts, very polished receiver. Yes. Kid from Palmyra, New yeah. Jersey. A lot yeah. of kids wow. come out from southern New Jersey. 34 yeah. receiving uh, receptions, over 500 yards, two receiving touchdowns. So we'll see how he's matched up a little bit later, especially in third down situations. If whichever team can win the third down battle, ultimately, both offensively and defensively, should win this battle convincingly. We'll see how it plays out. It's a 3.30 kick. You know who's ESPN. number one in the country in third down conversions, by the way? It is NC State. That's what NC I said. State. Yeah, going up against uh, Clemson's defense for consecutive years now, holding opposing offenses to 27%. I mean, that's the one thing that Dabo and, and Brent have done yeah. in terms of forcing three and outs with that defense up front. When you can predict long third down situations, Sam, I mean, that you dial up blitz packages, and that puts pressure on the offensive line. See, that's what we used to do. And, when, you know, we had during Broncos, we had uh, Vaughn Miller, yeah, other pass rushes where, you know, we spent our whole Wednesday night preparing, just trying to come up with blitzes that could get the crowd going, not just for the players, mm. but to get the crowd going where you get that big sack on third and seven and push the guys back by 10 yards, crowd gets going. Yeah, and that's that, 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 uh, that Valley's an electric atmosphere. Yeah, that's the biggest thing with a sack, isn't it? I've always wondered about that because no really, doubt. you get a sack, boom, quarterback gets hit, all right, four-yard loss. Really, it had less impact than a false start penalty, Correct. but it's the emotional the impact. The emotional uplift like that it gives the whole game. It's like a basketball game. Mm. It's the truth. Sort exactly. Boom, and the crash. Still bang. two points, but has a much bigger impact. Yeah, but you know no what I'm doubt. saying? Like, sometimes you get a sack. All right, same thing as a false start penalty. Five yards, and everyone's mm. going crazy. It's the emotional impact and aspect, isn't it? It's big time. I mean, it just it bleeds through the whole stadium. It'll be like Marv Albert. Yes. Really. <laughs> give, it, give it to us. I, I will bring out Marv when it's least expected. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, okay. Yes. Um, we should leave the Marv. Are we going to get into he hotel room, Marv Albert, or broadcast? No, 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 no. Broadcast. We'll go, we'll go I'm going broadcast. back to like smoking. Why the guy here that you know, there's always an elephant in the room, yes. and I'm the only one that has yes. to say it? You're the guy that says what we're thinking, but yes. you actually say it. Yes. 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 It's right your now. fault for bringing up Marv Albert <laughs> well, on a college we'll go, football show. Well, all right. So uh, you brought up politics last week. So we'll talk about the other Death Valley. Huge matchup later tonight in LSU. It's Mississippi State and Nikki Fitz on the road to face Joe Burrow and Ed Ogeron. LSU's won three of the last five over the Bulldogs by 12.6 points per game, but got annihilated last year 37-7 in Starkville. This game is going to be dynamic. I like the over here, but I also lean to LSU to get the victory. I don't think they look ahead to that November 3rd matchup against Alabama. I love the way LSU is playing. I think they get a 14-point no, win I do over uh, Mississippi yeah, State Yeah, I mean, tonight. so impressive on both sides of the ball last week against Georgia. Uh, they have the one loss against Florida, but three top ten wins, and, and Eddie O has this team just rolling. Uh, defensively, the front seven has been dominant. They're running the ball. Burrow's doing just enough. I'm not sold on Mississippi State. I was in the preseason. I was wrong about Mississippi State. thought they would be more of a contender out of the SEC West. The lack of balance on offense. Yes, Nicky Fitz, great runner between the tackles, not much of a passer. And against this LSU defense, that's not going to cut it. You cannot be one-dimensional and beat Devin White, uh, beat Divinity, beat Greedy Williams, beat Ooh, Grant greedy. Delpit. 
mean, Grant Delpit might yeah. be the best safety in the country combined with Greedy in that secondary. I love this LSU team. Forget the look ahead. I know you said they won't be. They won't be. It's two weeks away. This team is focused on a week-to-week basis. Orgeron's doing a tremendous job. And, oh, by the way, against the spread, 14-4 and four in his 18 games against uh, SEC opponents. So I, I, I like LSU more yeah, than seven. I, I, I love them in this matchup. Here's another uh, factor why I like LSU. I mean, plus nine in turnover margin. Dave Aranda is leading a defense that is getting to the football, forcing turnovers. And when you can force turnovers, especially at home, you give your offense a short field. Now, but when you break down both quarterbacks in this battle, yeah, everybody talks about the inconsistency of Joe Burrow. Nicky Fitz is completing 49% of his passes. If LSU puts Mississippi State into long, down, mm. long third down situations with that back end, it's going to be a long day for Joe Moorhead and that offensive yeah. staff to create one-on-one opportunities. That being said, I still like LSU, but more importantly, I think it's going to be high scoring here. I think LSU finds a way to get it into the end zone at home over the 46 in this matchup game. Well, you could tell, man, the LSU Tigers, they, they're playing like Tigers, like hungry Tigers, angry yeah. Tigers. You could tell early. I knew right away, man, I'm on the wrong side of this Miami-LSU game out of the gate. And all that LSU bashing and all the Coach Orgeron bashing over the years, year and a half, year or so, finally caught up. I've talked about it. The only other team that has as much NFL talent as Alabama on a yearly basis is LSU. I'm talking about the premier guys. There's a lot of schools. Michigan put 12 guys into the draft. I'm talking about the Jarvis Landrys, the Odell Beckhams, the Leonard Fournettes, the Darius Geises, the Trey Whites, one of the best defensive backs. One of the best defensive backs in football, Sam Trey White. Raw talent that they have. It's come together. Burrow's not great, but he's good enough. And he's the best quarterback they've had in a while. He believes they're scoring 32 points a game, guys. And you know what's incredible? The balance. They have the same amount of yards on on rushing and throwing the football. They're not a one-dimensional team. They've got skill position players. Uh, The the offensive coordinator is doing a great job. Coach Orgeron's doing a great job. And you notice he doesn't act like he won the Super Bowl after these big games. He's all business. On to the next game. On to the next game. LSU, we're talking about generally a pro team here. I don't see them letting down here, Sam. I think I think it's one one mission at a time, and I think Mississippi State are going into a real nasty place tonight. Hey, speaking of defensive NFL talent, Reedy Williams, he had six interceptions last year and two interceptions this year so far. And usually when you're a defensive back coach and you're looking for talent and you're trying to figure out what type of player this is, there's a lot of players that's in college that make turnovers as balls just thrown right to them. But how do they defend on other passes? This guy has 34 passes thrown his way this year. Only 15 completed. Uh, he's 6'3", 185. He's a little skinny. And we could put weight on him, but this is a guy that's going to be in the NFL. You're going to know his name. Sam, I'm your- looking at what they did just so, Joe, but just at, at home destroying teams, taking care of business. Remember that Louisiana Tech game? You know, we were talking about taking the points. They handled their business. It was right around the number. 38-21. Mississippi smoked them. Absolutely smoked them. 45-16. Georgia smoked them. There's a pattern here. Yeah. LSU are kicking the crap out of teams in Death Valley. Yeah, and people were down on them. I mean, their their Vegas win total was seven and a half at the start of the people year. People thought Orgeron was a, was a yeah. dead man walking. Yeah, and I, I'll tell you this. The one thing that LSU brings, and we I said it at the start of the year, and I'm not backing down. Number one, the physicality in the offense and defensive lines. And number two, they do not fear anybody. Half the battle, when you look at that week uh, matchup in week number 10 against Alabama, Teams fear Alabama. LSU doesn't fear Alabama. Sam, I want to ask you, more importantly, the revenge factor. To be blown out on the road in Starkville last week, right. uh, last year, 37-7. to How does that play into, into this ballgame? That's, that's your whole offseason workout. I mean, you're thinking about that every day. That you can't wait to get back and write that because it's a song that I remember. I think it was Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like, I don't want to feel like I did that day. Take me to the place I love. That's something that you think about and you cannot wait to nice correct reference. that earn. Correct, correct that nice job. <laughs> it's one of my favorite. People wouldn't know that. It's one of my favorite bands. <laughs> so I, I think it's high scoring. Quickly score. Uh, I, I I don't get into scores that much. I, I like you think L- it's high scoring. I, 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 I like LSU to cover. I, I don't think Mississippi Mississippi State Mississippi State's going to struggle well. to score. Yeah, yeah. top one, top Ole scored sixteen against yeah. this defense. I don't see Mississippi State going much above. And yeah, we'll have these guys ready to we'll play. We'll see yeah. when we come back. Four ten. Yeah, we'll, when we come back, we'll be breaking down the other games. Keep it where it is.